Today's episode of Pizza Only is brought to you by the Irish Bowl of Five Miles in Lincoln, Massachusetts on March 12th. The winner of this year's Five Miles will be awarded the Pizza Early Championship belt. Last time we awarded this championship belt, it was at the two miles two years ago with Bring It Back. Today's episode is also brought to you by Isahara Customs. Go check out our friends over at Isahara Customs. You can then change Isahara. I C-A-H-A-R-A. Underscore. Custom. Underscore. Design. These awesome customs. Spice. Singles. Running shoes. Go check them out. This is Featuring Mike Gendron. Trent Fontanella and Steve Jenner. As soon as you are able, woman, I am willing. Hey everyone, welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Doing all right, Steve. We're recording this fresh off of a Patriots horrible loss. So, you know, I'm in one of those modes where I just completely shut off football completely. I don't watch any more, you know, sports center. I just don't. I'm done with football. I'm on to baseball season. So the fact that we're going to have to talk football at night, I'm going to have to power through. And, you know, I think I'll get through it. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? On to baseball season already, Mike. I love it. Just skips over all the other sports going on right now. Doesn't matter. But I'm good, fellas. I'm just holding down the fort here in the middle of nowhere, Idaho. It's a good place to be uh, after a Pat's loss because there's no other people around to talk football with. This is like the one place in the world. Somebody described it the other day. It's like during the summer, people talk about where to fish and their tires. And during the winter, people talk about how the snow is and their tires. So I don't have to talk about <laughs> football with anybody else. It's just, it's just me out here. So I'm in a good spot. Well, before we completely stop talking about football until, you know, training camp, you know, we had to do a little recruiting for the Patriots because the season ended miserably. Um, so we have a, we have a special guest on today where we're, we're trying to convince him to uh, show up to Pat's training camp next season but uh i think you know a couple months ago we told everybody that things were changing for us and so we we're going to mix up the cadence of the podcast a little bit you know with you know changes in all three of our lives and we were going to once you know alternate between the traditional podcast where it was just the three guys on here chatting and an interview podcast so this is going to be our first ever just interview prod podcast so we're going to get into an interview with special guest devin allen um, Devin is a he's a he's a two-time Olympian in the 110 uh, hurdles. He's an American champion. Um, he ran at uh, he ran at University of Oregon, where he also played on the on the uh, the football team there. Um, great, he was a he's a wide receiver there. And and I, I said it in the interview, but Devin Allen, out of all of the great runners we have had on this podcast, we have had some of the the best runners in the history of the United States on this podcast, um, he has been consistently at the top of the list of people that we've wanted to have on just because of the fact that he played at a super high level in football and he's, he's running at the highest level in his event. Um, so he's just kind of like a, a, the, the perfect guest for us to have on Peak Too Early. 
Yo. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Just just took an L and Halo. Oh, (laughs) we're on like a six game run, so it's bound to happen. Sorry, (laughs) we couldn't catch you on a win. I know. That's all right. I was like, yeah, I got to go. They're like, yeah, get out of here. You suck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, man, thanks for making some time time for us. I mean, we've been doing this for about three years now. And we've had some of the biggest names in, in the world of uh, track and field and distance running on the podcast, but your name has consistent oops, has consistently been at the top of our list of guests that we've wanted on this podcast. And I think a big reason for that is because out of all the running podcasts in the world, we're probably bigger football fans than we are track and field fans. So uh, bear with us. We're going to, we're going to get to track and field, but we have a lot of football questions. I hope that's okay. All right. Hey, I'd rather talk about football sometimes because track is, track is boring. I mean, it's not boring, but, you know, talking numbers and track is, is not as fun as talking X and, X and O's. But that's what we're trying to do. We're, we are trying to make the sport more fun. And, you know, kind of going back to the start of this podcast is we wanted to bring the fandom that we have for other sports to the sport that we competed in. So that's why we started this podcast. So we try as much as we can to blend track and field with other sports. Okay, so, so real so real quick too, give me a quick background from where you got like where'd you guys compete, what you guys do, like you guys more distance, sprinters, like talk to me. So we're 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 classic uh distance nerds. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. I, mean, I, I, I respect it. <laughs> all three of us, all three of us D2 D2 runners, but 5K, 10K, you know, the the long stuff. Let me put it this way, Devin. If I uh, if I could have been a sprinter or a hurdler, I would have way preferred to do that. That's way cooler. If I could have been a football player or another like cooler sport than distance running, I would prefer to do that. So I wouldn't say I'm a I'm a distance runner. I'm just a uh, see, uh, but I'm an aspiring athlete who happened to. That's the only thing that I I was good at. Really, so here's a, here's here's the thing though, if. If you think distance running isn't cool, you've never watched like a championship like 5K. Like the last 800 is in, is is elite. Exactly. And, and I guess that's I guess so, that's what we're trying to convince people of. But yeah. it's it's a hard sell sometimes. I mean, I've seen Mo Farah win a couple uh, championships, like you know, running 52 second last lap. Like <laughs> woo. Right. We we think it's plenty cool. It's just convincing everybody else when we're out there with our tiny little short shorts running around that they think it's cool as well. So, but we're working on. It. I think we're making good progress. That's good. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are doing that for us. Um, you know, I probably am in one of the cooler events. I guess the hurdles is is popular. Um, Absolutely. Definitely. Especially uh, you know with uh, some of the guys and girls in both the the short you know the one tens hundreds and the four hundred hurdles being very very competitive in the last five or six years oh yeah it is it's it's like you know coming you know out of this olympics and and through the trials and into the olympics the 110 hurdles was like the event i mean in a big part of that's you a big part of that's grant and i think that you know it's you guys have really made it a super exciting event and you know i guess this this is one of the questions i had for you you're kind of in in that group of athletes on the USA for the USA, you're you're kind of the one of the senior athletes now. I look at it as like the senior on the football team where you've yeah. been to the Olympics, you went to your second Olympics. Do you take any responsibility in being that leader in that group? Because 
with the young talent we have in the U.S. It can kind of go one of two ways. It can be kind of a flash in the pan. We have some exciting athletes and then kind of dies out. Or this group of athletes that we have right now could make this event huge in the United States. For sure. I think that's a great question. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of natural mentorship with me being just older than the guys in my event group right now. Um, not that I'm old, not, not that I'm old. I'm only 27, but you know, Grant Daniel are 24 and 25. Um, Rye Benjamin is, you know, around 24 or 25 as, as well. So um, naturally I try to give a little bit of mentorship and, and give some positive um, advice when I can. Um, and we're all good friends. Me, me, Daniel and Grant are, all good friends. We have a group chat that we, we check in every week or so talking about, you know, how training and stuff is going on. But obviously when we go onto the track, we're trying to beat each other's ass. So um, that's also a good dynamic as well. It's like, you know, your brother, you know, older brother or younger brother, you just, you're, you love them, but you want to beat them up too. So that's how it works. I know, I know, well, Mike's my younger brother. So uh, I, I know that <laughs> dynamic very well. That's good. <laughs> so then I, you know, obviously you're an incredibly accomplished athlete, especially a track athlete, winning U.S. championships, you know, being just on the brink of, you know, meddling at the Olympics and everything like that. And I kind of want to take you back to an interview you gave in 2014 when you were playing football, when you were at uh, Oregon. And I came across it when I was doing my research earlier. And, you know, you kind of, you made this comment where, people were asking about the game. I think it was going into the semifinals game. And he said something along the lines of, yeah, I know, you know, people think that, you know, we got some soft guys here, maybe some soft track guys, uh, you know, that can't compete on the football fields, something along those lines. You're kind of making fun of the people who might think that you are soft because, you know, you're a track guy or a speed guy. To me, it sounded like a guy who has a chip on his shoulder and, you know, has something to prove how much of that kind of attitude and that chip on your shoulder has gotten you to where you are now and is going to get you to, you know, maybe finally get past that fifth place, past that fourth place and finally get you that medal. Yeah. I think really it's just to do with my confidence overall, um, confidence in myself and, and me thinking that I'm the greatest athlete in the world, uh, whether that's football, baseball, basketball, obviously that's a big thing to say, you know, when a lot of those sports are very technical, I just picked up golf in the last four months, but you know, I still we're, think we're going to get to athlete. that. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to yeah. that in, in, in a few minutes. So, so when I, you know, I played football and track the longest and probably the most competitive um, you could, you could argue I'm the, that's my two best sports. And uh, you know, I think I could play, you know, in the NFL still I'm super competitive. You know, I know I have like, like you said, that chip on my shoulder to where, if I decide to do something, I can get it done. Um, and, you know, the track, like you said, on the track, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, um, but obviously I, I would have liked to win a couple medals um, by now. But uh, that doesn't mean that it can't make for a good story in the next three or four years here um, for my career and then, you know, uh, make that into a movie or something. But oh, yeah. for, the most, for the most part, I do think, you know, that chip is, is what makes me an elite athlete to begin with. Um, I've been like that my whole life. And I think just competitively, I want to beat you uh, in ping pong. I want to beat you playing Halo. Like, like I just said, I just got off the sticks. And, you know, I want to beat you in everything that I'm doing. I was about to say, shit, it took you 10 minutes to shake off that, that Halo loss. I wouldn't want to be uh, lining up on the on the track with you. <laughs> I, 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 almost, I almost sent an email back like, hey, guys, I can't make it. 
I think we would have understood. That would have been a good reason to push back. Like Devin had an L at Halo, so he needs a minute to get over I need it. it. But... Yeah, redeem myself. That's right. So, so that that mindset that you had that you're talking about. So you come off the Olympics and you didn't really give yourself like that big Olympic hangover that I think us as track fans think that all that you athletes deserve. Like you're out. I believe you just grabbed like a PR at the end of 2021. And so you're immediately getting back on that grind. Um, like what is your or what is your mindset coming off the Olympics like that? Like you, you just missed the medal. Um, but you don't give yourself kind of any opportunity to dwell on it. It sounds like it sounds like you still believe like you are and will be the greatest hurdler in the world. And you can grab medal next time. Yeah, no. And that's what I believe. I, I thought uh, at the time, and I still believe that, that I could, could have won the race. And that's really the thing that's most difficult with the Olympic games being so popular and such a big deal in the sports community and in a lot of sports is, you know, it could be anything, right? You could be, you know, Usain Bolt and, you know, like in 2011 or, or 2011, he false started, right? And didn't even win the, you know, didn't even get to run in the 100. Um, so it's just one race, in my opinion, and that doesn't really make or break my career. Obviously, I'm trying to win every race I'm competing in, and obviously I, I didn't. And that's pretty much kudos to the field because those guys are great competitors, um, the best in the world as well. Um, and like you said, I just kind of, uh, I think, I think seven days or nine days after that, I had a meet in Tennessee, um, already lined up, ready to go. And then, you know, I did my European tour where I, I had the confidence that I was going to break, um, into that, um, 12 second barrier. And, and I did finally my last event. So, um, yeah, I just think overall it's a big kudos to the, the competitors in the Olympics and, and, it's hard to not make the Olympics a big deal, but you kind of can't because it's just one race or three races, right? Prelim, semis, finals. I, I would say out of any event, especially on the American side this year, um, like the hurdles, as Steve kind of was mentioning, it kind of became like the spotlight event where there's a lot of big names and there a lot of sexy names that everybody's following. So, I mean, that kind of roller coaster you're talking about where nobody's really watching from a spectator view and then everybody's all in on it. Like it's got to be just elevated for for your event more than maybe any other event and you know track and field especially this time around for sure and like you said with grant you know running the indoor world record you know six months before then and then also ran 1281 in the olympic trials right like world records on on watch um and then also right just competing to win the medal and and like you said if you if you run that race 10 times nine of the times grant wins it probably right just because he had been so consistent that year and just turns out that uh, Hansel had a great race on that final and, and ended up nipping him out in the end. And, and that happens. And I'm sure, you know, Grant had his little moment to dwell, but I'm sure he's over it by now and he's ready to, to kick some butt indoors and, you know, hopefully not mine. <laughs> well, hey, I, I need to go back real quick to something you mentioned uh, after, after Mike's question. You kind of slipped it in there and it kind of glossed over it. And you said, if I go back to football. And now you had a tweet, I think it was like a couple months ago, where you, you said you wanted to play with Justin, I'm assuming Justin Herbert, and uh, oh, yeah. not the Los Angeles Chargers. We're calling them the San Diego Chargers. I'm not calling them, I refuse to call them the Los Angeles Chargers. But uh, you, you, you threw out that tweet that you wanted to play with them. Are you hinting at maybe a, a run at football when you're, when you're done at track at some point? Um, yeah, to be honest, yes. I, I think, you know, in my true heart of hearts, 
the last five years, I've always knew I was going to try to play football again. It's just when and where and how is really the big question um, in terms of, of figuring out logistics. And I understand it's not easy. That's why I haven't done it yet. You know, if it was easy, I'd just be going back and forth like, oh, I'll play football and then, you know, win the Super Bowl February, you know, February 13th and then get ready and run indoors, you know, the next week and win USA championships and go to Worlds and win Worlds. It's not that easy. Um, so there is there is some plan that needs to be had. And, and obviously my I think the biggest thing I can do to stay ready is be as athletic as possible and kind of keep my tools sharp, which one of my biggest tools was my speed. And that's what I'm doing running track. All right. Well, hey, I, let me. Uh, I got. I got to make a recruiting pitch. Yeah, I was about so, to do the same thing. So, you, so wait, 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 wait. Are you a Bengals fan? No, 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 we're, no. Getting okay. we're getting there. We're getting there. So there's a uh, there's a team out there that has a over the past let's say two and a half decades has a history of having small, shifty slot receivers and having tremendous uh, you know success with them. And so that's why. I want to make the pitch for you showing up to training camp in a Patriots uniform. Hey, to be honest, out of all the coaches that will probably hear me out, it's probably yes, that's Coach what I'm talking Belichick about. Would, would, would probably do it. That's I mean, exactly guys, what I was going to say. Nobody loves like a, a skill set, a varying skill set more than Bill Belichick. You're the track guy. You're the fastest guy on the field. You got the shiftiness. You telling me he can't find a spot for you on that team? I mean, come on. That's where you got to go. That's where you got to start that journey. I mean, there was a couple years ago, every single Patriots fan, everybody watching the, the Patriots game would get so sick when, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth or somebody else would say, oh, Chris Kogan, did you know he played professional lacrosse every single time he touched the ball? I'm just dreaming of a day with Devin Allen in a Patriots uniform, catching a slant, Across the middle, taking it to the house, and everybody being like, "Yes, I know Joe Buck. He ran professional track. He went to the Olympics. He won an Olympic. He won a a, a medal in the in the in the coming Olympics." I want everybody in America to be sick about hearing how you ran track when you're when you're playing slot receiver for the Patriots. Hey, that'd be great. I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, shoo that away at all. I think Coach Belichick's a, a great coach. I know a lot of coaches that have coached with him and you know against him, and and they probably would steer me in that direction too listen Mike. So, he's already sounds like a patriot player given the very <laughs> canned straight answer i love it i agree but but before we fully recruit you as a patriots receiver slash special team specialist we need to address something here so i was digging up your old scouting reports here and uh i found your your scouting report going to college a lot of good stuff in there but there's there is one thing that before you're a patriot we do need to address so i'm gonna read it for you here Lacks the strength to tackle and block. Needs to improve blocking technique as many of his blocks could easily be holding penalties. So on the bright side, the strengths in it says you're a willing blocker. So you like to block, you're willing to block, but you're doing a lot of holding. So Belichick's not going to like that, Devin. So I don't know, you got to sell me. You got to sell me on your blocking abilities. So so here's the thing. Was that, that was a scout report before before I got to college or yeah, that was like, that, that was like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to be honest, so yeah, that's a hundred percent. Right. Um, you know, my, like I said, my mentality is going to beat you in everything. If it's a pass play, I'm running, you know, to score, but if it's a run play, I'm trying to 
kick the corner's butt in front of me. So to be honest, if you watch my uh, my Oregon film, you can be pleasantly impressed with my blocking ability. There's like some random highlights uh, on YouTube, you know, of my touchdowns and good catches and stuff, and a few pretty good blocks in there where I'm when I'm pancaking Buda Baker and yes. and you know making blocks on Miles Jack and stuff like that. So um, I love it. So yeah, I'm yeah, sold. I, I can do that now. And I'm much stronger, obviously. Like, you know, I was, I'm probably like 195 right now, but I, um, you know, I probably put on 10, 15 pounds since high school. And, you know, I probably squat 200 pounds more than I did, you know, and bench press probably a hundred pounds more than I did in high school as well. So it, the, the scouting reports just make me laugh. Man. It's like, they spent like four paragraphs talking about how you weren't a good blocker. And then they spend two, two, two words. They said willing blocker on, on your strength. So I don't know how they come up with this stuff, but I love it. And I love your competitive ad- attitude. You, you gave it right to me. You're like naming specific blocks that you, you did in college. Well, so just, I'm Hey, sold. just watch the film. Hey, I don't got to sell anything. Just turn <laughs> it on, hit the clicker and watch the film. And you'll Mike. be surprised. <laughs> Mike, you gave it away that we didn't study Devin Allen blocking tape from college. <laughs> I did. I, I did watch you plenty on a running of the, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's savviness. He knew in high school the refs weren't going to catch those holding calls, so he was just using the tools in his toolbox. Well, to make and here's and here and here's the thing: is I just it's my first. I played running back up until high school, so then I wasn't used to blocking really. Or if I am blocking, I'm blocking a backer and trying to cut him. And and so in high school, I pretty much just tried to play the old run your feet so i'm pretty much just pushing this guy as far as i can if he pulls me away i just you know grab a little jersey nothing 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 you gotta get under the pads you gotta get under the chest pad they they don't see that when's when's last time you've gone out and like run routes and caught balls like are there any like local like high school quarterbacks you know or you're the receiver or something like that to be honest um and i don't want to lie because you know that that'd be um wrong of me but the last time i actually ran routes was probably 2020 20, 20, 20 summer like right when covid started uh the, the season got canceled right like track season got canceled in theory and i was running routes probably like april may june just like messing around like on days that i would have conditioning you know i would just do my my hundreds or so in cleats and then you know catch balls run slants hitches whatever um but that's something i gotta work on yeah, I think we need you in like a flag football league or something like that, just tearing it up if you can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, if I do decide to play and and win, um, I got to definitely take some time to, uh, you know, get back into to running routes and catching the ball and, and understanding the, the defensive schemes and stuff. The biggest thing for me is not actually running the route, is doing the routes that, you know, I have to stop, right? So like running a, a curl, like trying to slow down is difficult, Um but that's a good problem to have. That just means I'm running fast. But I got to get better at that. Is there a uh, is there a story there with the Bengals? Because you you, you uh... no, I just had a feeling you guys were Bengals fans for some reason. Really? The yeah. uh, the uh, the the Red Sox poster behind me didn't tip us off. Mike's Red oh, Sox. I didn't I didn't even see it. Oh, yeah, that is true. That's, that's the Bengals. The Bengals would be a fun team to play for. You get on the other side of uh, of Jamar Chase. Get a. Uh, it, Joe Burrow tossing you, tossing the ball. That that would be a fun team to play for. I, I was just yeah. about to say, I feel like him calling us uh, Bengals fans an insult, but the Patriots are golfing this weekend and the Bengals are, are going forward. So I guess I can't make too much of a stink. Yeah, that's all right. You can't win them all. I'm a Steelers fan, so. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Big Ben. I, I started last night watching the game and I started doing 100 push ups after every touchdown. And be, oh, before, that's before, a lot the, push -ups. before the second half, when they scored in like 50 seconds back to back, the Chiefs, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm just going to do 20. So. <laughs> well, hey, so speaking of uh, these uh, multi sport athletes, there was a lot of uh, controversy this past year, not controversy. Um, but I think a lot of like diehard track fans um, got kind of upset when DK Metcalf was trying to throw his hat in the ring on the track. We loved it. Like we thought it was amazing for the sport. We thought it was so cool that you could have this all-star wide pro ball wide receiver come in and not get embarrassed, like actually compete. Um, what was the feeling from in, in the track community, especially yourself as like a, a, you know, a former football player, what was your, how, how, how did you kind of feel about it? Yeah, I thought it was great personally. Um, I'm, I'm for it. Track is really the only sport that's at least on the professional level where, where if you're capable of competing and running that time, you can do it. Right. Like if Mike can run 990, like there's nothing stopping him from going to this, you know, the, the USATF meet up the street, running 990. And then people are like, Whoa, who is this guy? And then he's at the Olympic trials the next, the next summer. So, um, for that right like it's cool that dk did that and obviously he's a great athlete 1036 um great time you know like if you know track that's not something to he's no scrub um by any means but i think some of the people that were upset were the ones that might have been a little bit too close to dk in 100 and you're yeah. like oh maybe i gotta work a little bit harder this offseason so i don't let the football guy run me down that's a good point you know surprisingly it was i heard a lot of the um a lot of the blowback from the distance community, which was really strange. Like a lot of the, like a, a lot of, um, I saw some blogs and, and even some podcasts talking about how it was taking away from the athletes in the sport, which I think is crazy. I mean, you, you have a, a, ma a major influence, right? I mean, if you're going, you know, I know it's hard to, to, to measure influence, but say you go by like Instagram followers, DK mm -hmm. has three times as many as the biggest, you know, track athlete. And to have somebody like him, to come out and compete, I think it's it's a really good thing for the sport. It's only going to bring more eyes and and fans from other sports to uh, to our sport. Yeah, I mean, you never know, you know, who is watching, right? Like they might have yeah. been like, oh, well, DK's running. I'm I'm watching for DK, but oh, the guy that won that race, who is that? And then you know, you got another, you got a fan. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it a lot, but it's like for whatever reason track and it, it does definitely feels like uh more so on the the distance side of things but i do think it's a track problem where people get so protective and like uh you know i don't know fearful that some something some other force is going to infiltrate our like track bubble and 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 dk coming in they're they also threatened by it, like you said and it's just like how can we on one side of the thing be so afraid of our 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 you know precious sport being inf infiltrated and at the other other side of it we all like w wonder why we can't grow this sport and why it's not as like big as it is in some other countries and like why we can't get track and and, and running and and uh you know all this stuff to be more of a mainstream sport so it's like i don't know how do you create that uh or close that gap so it's like we can start to grow the sport and get rid of that mentality uh, that, you know, we can't be having other pros come to the sport and it's all bad attention. Like, I don't know, how do, how do we do that? No, I think that's just, like you said, um, the mentality is just not being competitive, right? Like, you know, I, I was on the Beer Mile podcast, shout out to them. Um, 
and you know they they were like hey you should do a beer mile like in my head i want to compete and do well but i can't even run a regular mile as fast as like the, the top <laughs> 100 guys are doing the beer, beer mile so you know what what can you say people are going to be like oh Devin's taking the thunder from the beer mile like he's a sprinter you shouldn't be running the mile and, and doing it but like come on like i'm gonna run like eight minutes give me a break it's not that big a deal so it's just you know <laughs> just you know competitiveness is, is good and it's gonna always spark a flame and, and get viewers to watch right like you know in any sport you know the biggest the biggest clashes right you saw the um in golf the dechambeau um you know kepka one-on-one thing that was just because they were talking crap you know, and like they yeah. got huge numbers just because they, they didn't like each other, which, you know, are they the best golfers in the, on the tour? Uh, I'm not going to say because I'm not like the, I'm not a great golfer either, but they're not, they're not number one and two for sure. So, you know. So maybe, maybe you should start some beef with Grant. What do you say? Yeah. Me, you know, I mean, Grant already have beef. So, <laughs> and he knows what I'm talking about. So. Devin, your, your comments on the beer mile wasn't really in line with what you were saying earlier, how you thought you could be kind of the best at any sport that you really put your yeah, mind Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, you give me like, if you give me like six months of training, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run like 351. But, you know. That, that's more in line with what I'm I not gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to train for it. We, we, a, we, did a, we did a beer mile with, uh, with Chris, our, our guy, Chris Robertson, in, in person. Uh, what was it? March. And uh, that is, it's impressive, man. It's like. I, to, to run a 435, 437 mile alone is impressive. And then to chug four beers, it's like, that is, that's a very impressive one. I don't know how the hell he does it. Yeah. I watched, yeah, I watched it on YouTube. And the crazy thing is too, people don't understand this slowing down to stop and then to restart. That's like a, that's like a dagger. You, that's it's like weakness. doing quarter repeats. It's like, it's yeah. like, and you get, you get a, a nine second rest to chug yeah. a beer and do an all out quarter repeat again yeah oh. so so you, you've been floating a little bit that you're dabbling in, in the golf world tell me a little bit about, like how long ago did you get started and how long is it going to take before you're like a two handicap um i got started in october no september last week of september i played um with my buddy for his birthday and some friends in Houston. I was like, Oh, I got to do this. So, you know, it's funny is I actually bought clubs and then I ended up picking up an injury in, in 2020. So I never even opened them like out of the box. So I was <laughs> like, Oh, I don't want to hurt myself. You know, I don't want to like rotate bad and like, you know, jack myself up. So I waited until after the Olympics to start playing. Um, and yeah, like, I think, I mean, at this rate, I'm going to be scratch golfer in the next six months because I, <laughs> My first round, I shot 120, and then I shot 97 like two weeks ago. So, oh my god, wow! That's... I'm 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 out here. I really, really, what I needed was a little bit of consistency, um, and I decided not to use a lob wedge around the greens, just you know, bump and run. And I started hitting. I can't hit my driver still, so I started hitting three wood off the deck from the tee box. I can hit that about 260, 270, and that keeps me that keeps me in the in the game, especially because I can hit that one straight. Um, and everything else, you know, I'm playing, you know, about bogey ball, you know, give you take or take two, 270 off the deck with a three wood. Yeah. I mean, that's like, um, that's probably like my max distance. Um, I could actually, some of, I, I play a, a course called Encanto in Phoenix and there's a, uh, the ninth hole is like right up against the driving range. So there's a big net. So you can't really miss left, right? Like if you hit it left, it'll like, 
you know, bounce off. Oh, it's my so, dream. That's my dream. Uh, airway there. Ex- exactly. <laughs> but I always miss right. Cause I slice it. So what I did, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and just try to crank uh, a four iron. Cause when I hit my four iron too hard, I usually hook it, you know, hit a draw, like a huge draw. So I just crank it. I hit it like 240. And my, my buddies I was playing with were like, what the heck? How did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. It's all in the hips. Jeez. So I can hit it far, just not straight. If, uh, if, if, if you could pick, you know, I mean, you're, 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 you're a pro track athlete, maybe a, a pro football player in the future, but if you could pick one other sport to go pro in, would it be golf or would it be something else? One other sport to be pro in. Oh man. I'm, I am really enjoying golf, but I do like tennis a lot. Um, I think that like skill set is, is more, you know, my skill set, you know, being fast and quick. Um, but one sport I really enjoy watching and, you know, this comes up to the Olympic, you know, the winter Olympics are coming up is like speed skating, like the super, like the short track. That is, yeah. so, I think I language. could do that. I swear to God. I, I think that is, I love track, but speed skating, short no, track, speed skating, it's the best event in, in all the Olympics, summer, winter, no doubt about it. I love we, it. We already announced that for the Winter Olympics, we're going to become a speed skating podcast. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, by far, speed skating is exciting. And it's just super competitive in terms of, like, you know, and at track racers, only there's eight people. When you, like, cut that down by half, like, it gets, you know, or even to, like, the one-on-ones. You know, and, and I like the velodrome cycling as well in the Summer Olympics, you know, like the the, the Kieran cycling and stuff like that, where they're like, you know, playing cat and mouse and then they just like crank it. Yeah, those two sports I would definitely be interested in doing. Well, based on your rapid golf improvement, I think you can pick just about anything and you can uh, you can find your way to the Winter Olympics and sometime soon. Uh, it sounds like, though, based on a recent tweet you had that the golfing is really uh taking away from your video game time so is this halo loss that you recently had can you attribute that to too much time spent on on the links you know what i'm gonna take this real professional interview like and say hey you know i didn't put the hours in there's nothing i can blame except for myself um just flat out spending too much time at the range and not enough time you know perfecting my craft and that's that I'm sending the, I'm sending that clip directly to Bill Belichick. Send it to yeah. Belichick. And, and no, I only play about an hour or two a day, and I probably should get more hours in if I want to be competitive. It's I mean, we we've talked about this with some other guests you've had. You you're in a pretty, you know, you have a pretty awesome job to pick up these kind of secondary hobbies that you can really go all out on, whether it's you know, a lot of people do the video games, obviously in track and field or golf. I don't think I've heard of as many track and field athletes also picking up uh off the golf clubs as well but that sign seems like the perfect thing you kind of get outside but it's not too much energy wasted i don't think so i don't know maybe you'll start a trend and we'll start seeing some track and field athletes getting real good at golf as well you know what's crazy is like distance runners are notorious for doing like long runs on golf courses too so i don't know why like that's not a thing and to be honest clayton is a pretty good golfer so we could just we could start the track boys golf club <laughs> we'd be yeah, your biggest fans we, we, we just coined golf it right pods with you. yeah i love it like hey devin uh, this has been a ton of fun thank you so much for coming on the podcast but we don't we're not going to let you off that easy we end every interview with a quick game so we're going to play a, a game called down the home stretch mike why don't you kick off down the home stretch yeah down the home stretch we're hitting you with rapid fire questions we're hitting you with oregon 
football questions. Trent's going to hit you with the first one. Let's do it. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Devin. Bad. Would the University of Oregon won the 2014 National Championship if Devin Allen had not gotten hurt? Yes. That's right. Love it. It's, you know, it's tough that, that, uh, you know, that debate is always tough because, you know, I say that people could be like, oh, like you think you could just, you know, you could take over the game. It's not even that it's, it's just, you have one more, one more weapon on the field. It takes, you know, it spreads everything out. We had, you know, our running backs banged up. We had Darren Carrington out as well. Um, our defense was banged up. Like, you know, nobody thinks, everybody just thinks offense, defense. They don't think about the guys we were missing on special teams, you know, that includes me and Ifo and Darren and stuff like that. They're important to for field position and stuff like that. Right. You can save 20 yards, you know, you get a 20 yard return or 25 yard return. That's great. You know, field position, momentum booster and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that it's going to be make or break, but I do think I would have contributed in a, in a positive way for sure. I believe it. I believe it. Who would win 110-meter hurdle race, Marcus Mariota or Justin Herbert? Marcus. I think you're right. Marcus Marcus is faster than Justin. Not that, So Justin is fast, and I play – you know, he's – they're both very tall. Like, Marcus is 6'4", Justin's like 6'6". Six, six. And we play a lot of pickup basketball, and I've seen Justin Herbert do some crazy things with the ball. So I think maybe six weeks with me, I could train him. But, like, if they just went out there right now, Marcus, Marcus would win. All right, I know you got like 10,000 options to choose from, but what's your favorite uniform for the Ducks? Ooh, favorite uniform. That's tough. I'm going to have to go with the uh, retro, the, right. uh, the, old, the UO helmet. Oh, uh, yeah. Yellow leg, green jerseys. Um, yeah, the retro, the retro ones are nice. I like, I like those a lot. I like the uh, the all whites. The all whites. I like the all whites. Are even awesome. even better than the all whites. I like the ones you wore for your uh, 2014 Pac-12 championship with the white helmet, white oh, pants, green, green, sharp green jersey. Those are awesome too. Yeah, I think I think white pants are just like the move. Yeah, you know, like it they're, just makes you look, fast. It makes you it white makes you look faster. A hundred percent. All right, I'll follow with my uniform question. How big of a factor in the recruiting process is the uniforms? They take you in the locker room to show you, you know, the two dozen uniforms they get to wear in your four years there? Um, yes and no. So, I wouldn't say, like, anybody really chooses Oregon for the uniforms. That's just, like, an up, up, uh, upside. Um, but it's hard to argue with, like, how much time and effort are, is spent you know, designing those. And then Kenny, um, our Kenny Farr, our equipment manager at Oregon, does a great job with like just keeping everything so crispy. Just like everything is custom fit as well. Like he has the jerseys tailored, like to to fit you. You can put like a bungee, like a like a bungee cord around the jersey to keep it like tight at the ends. Like the pants are custom. Like everything is pristine so and it, and it feels good right like you everything fits perfect you feel good out there you're gonna play well look, look good, good feel good. yeah exactly who is the most talented athlete that you've ever played with on a football field most talented athlete i've ever played with probably probably ty griffin 
And that's going to be tough because he didn't play much at Oregon. Um, but he originally went to Georgia Tech as a quarterback, transferred to Oregon, ended up playing corner. He was a state champion in, in Georgia in the Javelin. Okay. And he had like a 40-inch vertical, one of the fastest guys on our team, had a cannon for arm. We used to, he, we used to have him use like his throw as the punt in practice. Whenever our, <laughs> yeah. punters were ha- whenever our punters were having a bad day, like they couldn't punt it far enough, he would just throw it like 60 yards in the air for like, you know, eight-second hang time. He's a great athlete. Love it. Going to send that uh, to Belichick too. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's been out of the game a little bit though. <laughs> just because he's my class. <laughs> uh, is there any mascot in the league that could take puddles in a fight? Any mascot in the league that could take puddles? Probably the not in, in what league? D one football? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say this: the Scottsdale Puddles Community College, Scottsdale Community College artichokes, but since that's not D one, um, that's tough. Puddles has hands. I've seen them. Yeah, he threw down with uh, what was, it? was it the Beaver? I forget which. I forget which match, but Listen, he threw down pretty good with Puddles. One Puddles is a low center of gravity guy. You're not taking him out. Uh, so. the, the only mascot that's notoriously aggressive is the badger so oh, yeah. wisconsin <laughs> like i i just feel like he's gonna he has some something up his sleeve um but maybe him but other than that oregon's taking out everybody i hope we have some mascots listening to this to <laughs> <laughs> show up like well i would, I would say the fighting irish too yeah oh yeah because that's a real he's a real a real human <laughs> he, he doesn't have any like protection though you know he doesn't no, have the big mascot true. suit he doesn't have he, he get his ass kicked uh all right pick one team to win a national championship next year oregon football or or a team championship in track and field oregon football sorry track but Let's we gotta go. get one we gotta get one mike hit him with the last question all right Devin, my cousin p-flow is the biggest Oregon football fan for no reason whatsoever. Didn't go to the school, didn't grow up in Oregon. He just picked it when he was younger and he's diehard. So the last question, can you just give a message to, to P flow? P flow shout out. Thanks for being a fan. Go ducks. Um, I'm going to get your address from the boys. I'll send you something. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Best of luck to you. Um, Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be cheering for you. You know, we were, we were going nuts for you in this uh, this past Olympics, and we got a we got a short break here to the next one. So uh, there's nobody that's going to be cheering hard for you heading into this uh, this next Olympics and this crew here. So good luck. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to learn French in the next two years. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> and we hope to see you in a right. Patriot uniform someday. That, yeah, that's right. Hey, it might be sooner than than the next Olympics <laughs> then. So hey, keep an eye <laughs> out. I'll, I'll buy <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll buy a Devin Allen Pats jersey. Oh, without a doubt. I'll tell me. <laughs> you can say the gendron's house when you go to try out or something yes yeah, <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Go, go, get yourself, go get yourself a halo dub before you uh call it a night go to, for sure all right boys all right, <laughs> all right thanks again to Devin for coming on the podcast that was a lot of fun like i said at the top of the show we're gonna try to continue with this cadence of one episode with just the guys and an episode with an interview so stay tuned for uh for the next interview other than that boys i would have run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the josie
go check out their Instagram page. It is Itahara understand. Let me do this one more time for the top. Itahara underscore customs underscore design. That's not the that's not the fucking Instagram, Steve. Alright, one last time. 